Yo, welcome to the Zillionaires Podcast, where we mainly talk about Seattle-related sports topics and other things as well. I'm your host and moderator, Solo, from Brooklyn. What up, what up, y'all? This is Chisler from Seattle, Washington. They call me the wizard of Washington sports. Every night I gaze into my crystal ball and see the future of what's going down. What's up, guys? This is Krusty from Yakima. I wear my fandom on my sleeve. I get crazy, I get emotional, and I like to throw down ultimatums. Let's have some fun. Welcome back, zillionaires and zillionettes, for another fun-filled episode. Uh, Four guys back at it talking. It's 8 a.m. there in uh, Washington State, and it is 5 p.m. here in Luxembourg. I bet you don't even know where Luxembourg is, Krusty. Luxembourg is like one of the wealthiest countries on earth. I've learned about that before. That is correct. Is, that's an interesting location, though. Wealthy. And it's a really weird town. Yeah, I know. Actually. I oh, don't know country, anything about it's small. where it is. It's, it's tiny. It's... it's like right above France. <laughs> it's a kingdom, really, right? You know what? I don't know. See, I've I've played here about maybe four or five times in this country, and it's always at the same venue in the same town. And it's kind of like playing in Belgium, but like, so I, if you don't know anything about Belgium, people there are pretty chill. So it's like that, but worse. I don't know why. The crowds are just dead here. They just like stare at you like we're doing a podcast or something. I wonder what they'd be like. If, what it would be like if they were like actually watch us on stage? Because you know how that's happening now. There's like people touring and like selling out like the Beacon Theater and doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. That is ridiculous to me. I just can't even believe what is this world coming to? Why the fuck do people want to sit down and watch people talk? Yeah, we do need at to a, clarify that we do the podcast in front of a live audience. And, and that's true. And they don't really pump us up. They kind of. They I'm kind actually of hold on. There's, there's no. There's actually 3,500 people. In, <laughs> there's actually 3,500 people in front of me right now. Um, and they, you guys are actually, you guys are actually. Uh, projected live on a huge screen like we do in the festivals. There's camera guys yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> the, pod, the podcast festival circuit, though, is it's not as big as it once was. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell knows? you that I over this over this time period and break that we've had, not not putting a podcast out, I have had quite a few people email me or call and be like, "What's the deal, man? Where you guys just disappeared?" Um, so, so well, the, the, the if, zillionaire followers are hung, are rabid and hungry for, for more. Let's break down those, those people that emailed you. So it was, uh, McQuiston, <laughs> Dyke. <laughs> the, li- <laughs> the listeners that can't see can, I have to inform them that Krusty's on a strike, uh, haircutting strike until we record <laughs> <Yes>. another podcast. <laughs> If yeah, you, if you right. saw what I'm seeing right now, this podcast would be over in five minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we got Centaur back from Spokane once again. Thanks for having me on. Oh. The, the voice of oh, reason. You? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys got to let me know. I, I know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think the last time we potted it up actually was uh, I think Centaur was on last time, was it? I mean, man, it has been a while. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. We and I've been I've been crushingly busy, so it's not just Solo's fault, but 
So you haven't paid attention to anything, I'm assuming, at this Not point. Not even a bit. I mean, I went to an F1 race in Austria, which was pretty sweet, just to solidify whether or not it was a sport or not. Um, <laughs> and the answer was no. Well, it was, uh, you know what, I have to say. <laughs> so we got to, like, it was pretty pretty privileged because we played for the, it was Red Bull sponsored this race, and we played this after show. Uh, they, they have, like, music both nights or you know it's kind of like a three-day event there's like a couple of qualifying races and then the main event on uh, the grand prix on sunday so we played saturday night and then they the owner of red bull put us up in this crazy hotel and then he's like hey if you guys want i'll give you you know vip passes tomorrow you can go to the, the race and we're like sweet and we ended up sitting in this like vip booth which we found out later was six thousand euro to sit there hmm, nice. which we didn't know um anyway <laughs> free food and it was it was it was crazy and then they took us down to the um well they took a few people down because not everybody wanted to see the car i did and we got to go right down into the actual pit where they were the driver was getting into the car they were putting the wheels on it and they like fired up the engine and then he like took off and it was the craziest thing i've ever saw because they don't take off really slow i mean they just shoot out of there fast and it's because apparently the clutch is really uh like really hard to use like even like a trained race car driver can't just take off in those things it takes so long to learn how to do it um, <laughs> yeah it's crazy like apparently it's insane you're judging their drivers on how they take off like oh it wasn't really a smooth takeoff he's not really good I thought it was, no i thought it was just gonna be like a little i thought he's gonna slowly roll out and it's just like boom they just take off you're like whoa and they're like oh yeah the clutch is, the clutch is crazy on it they're like you can't just like slowly take off it doesn't work like that um but you know what after seeing it in person, and it's a two-hour event, I, I call it Formula Once. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I had enough of it. I don't really need to go see that again. <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> Some of the other guys, you though. Like, were, you like driving so much, I thought you would have uh, turned the other way. I thought you it's way cooler me. to watch it on TV than it is in person. I mean, we had a sweet, like, bird's-eye view, too. I mean, we saw we were on, like, one long straightaway, and there's you could see a lot of the turns. But it's kind of like if you, if you can't hear the commentary and what's going on, you don't really know what's going on. You don't know what's going on, basically. But yeah. apparently there's a lot of shit. That's kind of like golf, so, too. If you go to the golf match, then oh, you, yeah. you only see what you see at one hole, and you don't have the context of all the other players at the same time that you get from TV. No. I want to do uh, a fantasy well, Plus, they're league. both terrible. Plus, oh, they exist. <laughs> you... You've got me primed. Yeah. We can keep stats on like the takeoff. They're, they're and- both well, yeah. F one, F one, and golf. You know, both terrible, boring sports. So <laughs> it's a, it's a good thing to compare for sure. I think the last time we talked, we were we were excited and smooth on the Mariners. We're starting to put it together, and the pitching staff was getting healthier, and that's what we were talking about with them. And clearly, they have. You know, again, Krusty is the true wizard of all sports because uh, they because my, all my right, prediction we'll change for the, the intro. Mariners we'll season, change the intro. <laughs> my my prediction for the I, Mariners I'll, I'll season is, is very yeah, You could be the wizard of Washington sports. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, as they're just falling apart at the seams. I'm sorry. Can I just interject real quick? Just, just on all the wizard talk, um, 
good. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of wizard talk on this on this podcast. <laughs> and then and then Chisler will like pull out his crystal ball, which is more like a fortune telling gypsy kind of a thing. Oh, when, yeah. when I think when I think of a wizard, I think you need a staff. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm more of a <laughs> yeah, a Gandalfian <laughs> wizard, if you will. Yeah. Well, did Gandalf have a crystal ball? Maybe it's like an orb. I'll, I, it's more <laughs> of an orb. I'm sorry. I've been calling it a crystal ball. It's an orb. <laughs> oh man, we got to redo the whole intro. This will be like our fourth time of Chisler too. He keeps changing. Well, now the credits are wizard. I figured we had to, you know, establish this once and for all. What types of powers and staffs and Lord of the Rings type uh, accoutrements we all have? Should I get a mirror? I think mirrors predict the future sometimes too. And what level are you? <laughs> a level 19 wizard? Sensor, you're the oracle from the Matrix, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what we should all, we should all have very, you know, Trump <laughs> exaggerated capabilities and, and, and skills. And that's what our podcast is, how we pit those against each other to predict the future. I'm a- I'm pretty sure we already do that. But, you know, we could <laughs> we could improve on that and go further. Look at the fellowship. Speaking of which, yeah. Yesterday, oh, Chis- God. I'll have to re- reiterate the fact that Chisler was texting yesterday and saying, "Hey, we should all like come up with the subject of like name our most favorite obscure player just for no reason." And and I was like, "Yeah, Krusty does that every episode." <laughs> Yeah, and that was even a better comeback because it's true. You would never just have oh, one. It's so, it's, it's so true, and I and I am oh, I am all about what, that. What brought that, that thing so up many. to me was I remembered like I don't know three years ago, Krusty was texting us and emailing us all about John Carlson, this tight end that the <laughs> that the right. Seahawks had picked up after like I think the Cardinals left him in the dust or something. No, Who they, knows? they drafted him. They drafted well, him. How did yeah. he end up on our team, though? They must have cut him or, no, no, or they, traded him. No, the Seahawks drafted him. And he had him. a good rookie year, and then Krusty drafted him super high in our fantasy oh, league. Yeah, the like second there. round. Or yeah. Krusty like took that. him, yeah, the second round. <laughs> he was going to be the next. Oh, he was going to be the, the but, star. But the, real reason, but the real reason, if we want to boil it all down, of why you fell in love with this guy for no particular reason is we grew up knowing a guy named John Carlson. So, so I'm pretty, you just transferred all your your old emotions for this friend of yours onto this no-name tight end. So, Krusty, what happened? To, I mean, because he was good. He was really good that that rookie year, and he went nowhere. I don't did he get injured or I, I can't? No. So he he was good the next year too. He was he vaping off Zach no, Miller. he wasn't. You know, he wasn't as good the next year, but he was still a, a quality tight end the next year. Um, I think what happened, he did get one injury in his third season, but he also they just never they just didn't have the offense to put it together for a tight end. He, they just didn't use him. He was. He was a blocking tight end. He wasn't all that great of a blocking tight end. But from a receiving standpoint, he was amazing. But he, and he went off and ended up on another team. But we kept him. I mean, we must have had him for four or five. He went years. To, went to the Vikings, I think. But I couldn't remember yeah, what yeah. what why it all. You know, there was there was never there was no together. particular reason. Mm. Yeah, there was no particular reason. He just Percy it, Harvin, they maybe? just didn't they didn't use him. They just didn't use him. No, it was before that. It was when Holmgren was the coach. 
Yeah, he we was had Zach Miller that. though, didn't we back then? I feel like yeah. Zach Miller was still the number one, and he was the no, number two. No, no, not at the same time. Oh, okay, not at the same time. Either way, the point is, you drafted him like the second or third round before, like <coughs> you know, before quality draft picks, and you got so much shit for for the whole year, and actually still continue every <laughs> every year. Yeah. Someone brings it up. <laughs> I drafted I drafted him the next year too, I think. <laughs> just, just to prove a point. So. Oh, so are there are there other guys out there that are like obscure like that that you're hanging on to now? Um not that are currently playing, I don't think as much, but I would say that uh, actually so or uh, Chisler mentioned in one of my in one of the past podcasts my probably favorite all-time obscure guy is John L. Williams. <laughs> yes. um, I love John I L. Williams. How, I don't know how obscure he is. He's but, not but that he obscure. Was full, but he was a fullback. I yeah. mean, so, you know, it, it was and, – and I said that uh, in high school football, I used to put my hand down and think I was Cortez Kennedy. But when I was playing just like pickup football at the – at the field at the college with my brother as a kid, uh, when I when he hand turned and gave me the ball, I was John L. Williams. Like <laughs> I just loved running people over and and was a big fan. So I'll say John L. Williams, but also he had I a unique say, look. Uh, wait, wait, John L. had a unique look, right? I feel like he wore hoodies or long sleeves or something that made him kind um, of stand he, out on the field a little bit. He did sometimes. He also had one of those big, like, neck like rolls. Collar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He had the, he had huge the big neck, neck roll collar. collar. Yeah. yeah. Nice. We used to talk about him in great, football practice. He was a great blocking back for Kurt Warner. And then one year, he actually got, like, a, a fair number of carries for a fullback. And he had, like, a 75-yard touchdown run. Then put them in the playoffs for the first time ever, I think. Awesome. Um, and he was so he was a he was a good running back in college that became a fullback in the NFL. Um, but uh, yeah, no, John L. Williams, Bobby Ingram would be another big one for me. Um, but actually, a current Seahawk that I think would fill this is is actually the. Uh, the advertising uh, man for Chocolate Locket, and that's <laughs> Ricardo Locket. <laughs> the spokesperson? <laughs> the spokesperson for Chocolate Locket, Ricardo Locket, I think would be would, would fill that void right now. Right, because sure. he had such a small role, but he did it with such zeal and zest that he, he we oh. all knew who he was. Like He really made a name for the himself times, in that short... The times that he has blown people up on special teams are insane. Like He's such a dope special teams player. Well, did anybody else have any obscure ones they wanted to bring up first? Oh, sorry. I mean, I don't really like obscure players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the whole point. I don't really follow it to where I'm like, oh, I really like this guy that no one knows because he's not that good. <laughs> Although, if we want to go obscure athletes, I really like Dole Golpilov, the tennis player. <laughs> Speaking of which, I just saw Federer won the Wimbledon right now, and that's his 19th Grand Slam. Do we talk about tennis on this podcast? Yeah, the, if we talk about tennis on this podcast, then I'm going to also get out my orb, <laughs> and I'm going trans- <laughs> to tra- transport me to another realm. <laughs> I like how our favorite obscure players are so obscure, we've even lost track of them. We like went, we like we like did ninety seconds on where John Carlson is and he's Krusty's like all time favorite obscure player. Yeah, we did an hour. How about Rick Meyer? I mean, that's pretty obscure at this point, right? 
Rick Meyer was never good. I mean, seriously though, let's let's go with a favorite wide receiver. I mean, I have to start with Largent because I, when I was a kid, he was the best, and he was the only reason why I feel like anybody watched the Seahawks for a long time. Scott, he was he was awesome on uh, Tech Mobile. <laughs> Largent, the cool thing about Largent is that he was he was so dope while he just looked like your uncle Greg or whatever. <laughs> you're, like, you're, you know, like, you're more than like uncle. Yeah, he didn't seem athletic <laughs> at all. He didn't seem like he should be even good at anything those, athletically those whatsoever. Those stats are crazy. Like, I didn't realize he had 100 touchdowns. And, I mean, his yardage, Doug Baldwin will never reach that leg at this point. There's just no way he can get there, especially in that offense. Well, yeah, he held every record for, for a while. Yeah, yeah there's you know, no way. He's not even close. I mean, not Jerry, even halfway Jerry, there yeah, yet. Jerry Rice broke them all. The the crazy thing mm-hmm. with Largent is he actually went into a career in politics afterwards. Oh, I remember yeah. that. But he was super conservative too. It was he was like in Oklahoma, Oklahoma, I think. Right? Yeah. 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 Why um, is that the thing about him? Because <laughs> he was like how many how I actually agree, how many football players go into like being a politician? Right. Yeah. Okay, so especially a wide receiver. So here's a wide receiver that um, I wouldn't say he's my favorite of all time, and he kind of checks that uh, obscure box too. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is gonna be good. And he's got a crazy name, Joe Juravicious. Oh, Joe I remember him. He was like, great. Like when you, when you think of their their first Super Bowl run, he just seemed to have so many huge plays. You know, and, yeah, he was the curse. He was their curse yeah. of uh, that we have now. Yeah, and was clutch, and and you know, he we only had him for like a year or two, and we kind of picked him up on a, um, a a low free agent type deal, and then he moved on. But I mean, while he was here, made clutch plays and helped them. Yeah, uh, he was definitely ascend as a franchise. You, you know, Holmgren was was constantly searching for like a big wide receiver who Hasselbeck could just throw it up to. And Juravicious might have been the only guy that really ever was that guy. Because he would. Hasselbeck would get under pressure and just throw it up to Juravicious, and he would just come down with some sort of spectacular catch. He was wildly good for them, for that role. Um, for me, I, I, I mean, Doug, I'm going to go with Doug. I just... That might be the the current Homerism of me or whatever, but I I love Doug Baldwin. His Homer Simpson or Homer? <laughs> how how consistent he has become, and how how much I enjoy him from like a from a just overall fan experience <clears throat> of listening to his interviews and stuff too. But um, I'm. You know, when Doug is rolling and, and feels like he never drops anything, that's the thing for me. And, and Largent was the same way. Largent definitely had incredible hands and never dropped anything either. But but for me, Doug, like, his, he's just so consistent and so dependable. I love it. That's interesting. Do you think if Baldwin would have been around <clears throat> during Largent's era, he'd have more catches and obviously have more touchdowns? I mean, the unique thing for Largent was that he was the show, like, you know what I mean? Like, and the, the rules were slightly different as well, although more towards defense, honestly. But, uh, but uh, he, there wasn't as much on the team weapon-wise, I think. So I don't know. I don't know if Doug would have more. It's a good question. 
I got a I got an obscure one that's kind of interesting. I'm looking at the list right now of career receive, top uh, Seahawks receivers, and uh, number forty three on the list is Steve. Rabel. Steve Rabel. <laughs> oh, so, Rabel. Hey, there's kind of a cool Seahawks receiver that's uh, still in our, still in the limelight in a way. I only see him on the like the Seahawks website, right? When he, doesn't he do all the like little backstories and stuff? Yeah, he's their announcer right he's now. A, he's yeah. an announcer, yeah. Oh, so. he's an announcer. That's what it is. He's yeah. a good announcer. I didn't know he actually played for the team. He, he calls it on the radio, <laughs> and he calls it. I love he, him. he does the radio call, and he's amazing. Yeah, he's okay. really good. Let me I throw. Didn't realize it. Oh, sorry. Let me throw. No, go ahead. Let me throw one more uh, name at you guys, and it's probably about four hundred and ninety-three on Chisler's list. <laughs> and, and, and so this is this kind of checks Krusty's box of an obscure guy that's currently on the roster. And honestly, there's a good chance he won't even make the team next year. But I think he's intriguing, and that's Tanner McAvoy. Uh, you know, I'm trying to name all the white guys that we've ever had. <laughs> well, he's he he checks that Joe Juravicious. You know, he's that six six wide receiver. He played safety. He played quarterback in college. I mean, he's just he's got a, a very diverse skill set, and that's something the Seahawks like. And uh, we saw him make some big plays last year, and crazy. I mean, just forty yard touchdown catches and and just back baking back-breaking plays in the game and so you know he's got some potential out there and it's it's just it'll be interesting to see what one if he makes the team and two what kind of career he has i he may I be think- he, he may be done i mean we may right. have seen his whole career but he may play for 12 more years and and do all kinds of crazy things he made uh, he, every play that he was involved in seemed like it was a huge play, but I never got the sense that he was the one making the play. It yeah. always seemed like it was the defense just was like, "Oh, we're not going to cover this guy right now," <laughs> or or uh, Russ made the play and threw it in a miraculous spot and he got it. But yeah, he did make a, he did make big plays, which got him on the field, which was cool. I do think he's not going to make the team. Yeah. I think the, you know, the problem for Tanner McAvoy is that if he was a running back, maybe, but I just think the Hawks aren't going to invest in that much. Like that type of wide receiver isn't, isn't. Well, I was going to say one last receiver, which was, uh, you know, following off of Doug Baldwin member, member the best, I think the best all time receiver the Hawks have had was that one play that Doug threw it to Russell Wilson. <laughs> and he got the touchdown. So Russell Wilson is my the is Russell Wilson. He's the best Seahawks receiver at the moment. You know what? Currently he could playing. be your, best, your most obscure favorite wide receiver. <laughs> um, I mean, when does the season start? I'm ready for this to go. This is like this podcast is getting boring. Yeah, we're in the doldrums. But in the six weeks when guys are smoking is all the weed that they can. And trying to get not get arrested. We also just had the uh, we also just had the baseball All Star break, and so I was that got me thinking about like the home run derby and whether or not that like what do you guys think? What's your perspective on the home run derby? Is that like a stupid thing that should go away, or do you think that that's like something you look back fondly on as a fan, like? 
I remember back to watching like Ken Griffey Jr. in it and thought, you know, mm-hmm. th- those were pretty awesome experiences back then. But now I feel like it's kind of a silly, dumb concept. I like the I like the uh, home run derby. I mean, I don't watch it anymore, so I guess maybe the his point was that um, it's not as good as it used to be. But is that just because we aren't no, or none of the players up. are juicing anymore? <laughs> yeah, or or we've changed. The game hasn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's people aren't point. hitting as many home runs. My point was just that. My point was just that the it, is it. Is the all-star game, is the home run derby, kind of like the three-point shootout in basketball, like, is all of that have a point anymore? I mean, I think as a kid, I really liked watching King Griffey Jr. in the home run derby, but as a grown-up, like, I think it's silly. Like, I don't really see the point of it anymore. Are you worried about injuries or something? I'm not really worried about it. I just think it's pointless. Like I don't. It's I boring. Don't, I, it's boring. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't understand the use for it. I didn't watch it, so I'm not going to be like argue for it. But yeah, I would bet that kids still think it's the best thing on earth. I guess if mm-hmm. and, and also if you know if I had a player that I loved that was in it, then maybe that would that would change things. Do you remember that weird baseball game video game where like? It was like it was basically it was baseball, but they had a home run derby version of it you could play where it was up at the sub at Central, and it was like this weird little like bat that you would hold back, and the ball would come at you, and you'd flick it at it, <laughs> and uh, it was like three D vibe. Do you remember yep, that game? Yep. That was like that was fun, and I used to play home run derby on that. <laughs> I mean, do you remember playing home run derby on with wiffle ball too when you were a kid? I mean, I, I re- that was fun to me. I I just. Maybe we're just getting older, and like that's all it is. Yeah, that, that's definitely possible. I'm sure it's still possible. They always let the kids go out on the field and catch the ball. Still, right out there. Oh, if you were a kid at it, if you were there, and I'm sure you get no. But I'm saying they must appeal to kids in general if they're going to let kids on the field while they're do showing it on TV. You know what they need to do? They need to change. Like they need. We were talking about this before. Like pitch a money ball or something like that. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> but instead, you know, like in every once in a while, throw an exploding baseball or <laughs> a baseball, a baseball that like has a trail of blue. Smoke that comes out of it, or something, so that yeah. when you hit it, when you hit it, it's like a firework that's going off almost. You know, something. you do have a point though, because the the three point shootout competition in NBA that the last ball is worth like five points or something, right? When they have yeah. the little bucket go down, it's like a little old ABA ball, the yeah, money ball, totally. The money ball, there is one. I mean, they could they could have like a pink ball, and then like I think baseball you know, is too donate five thousand dollars to breast cancer or something. You know, exactly, exactly. Baseball's too conservative about all this. They're having fun. Is a guy taking out his camera and taking a selfie with the umpire? That's like I know. That's like whoa. Baseball's really got personality. I'm like, oh my god, dude. You know, if that guy had a thousand tattoos and like you know had his own shoe or something, maybe I'd give a crap, but. <laughs> Wait, what I was talking give, about give, last give night. Him more of a crap than based on him having a shoe. What, what, no. what are you talking about? I'm just trying. I'm trying to weave in my Lonzo ball fetish right now. <laughs> Do it. I, big baller. What's up with is, your Lonzo? What's really, up with the Lonzo ball? Okay, so I, I this is yeah. Ba- this is another reason I'm kind of sick of baseball a little bit. Look at how good the NBA has done marketing Lonzo Ball, a brand new rookie. He's like become the face of the Lakers overnight um, because 
not not only him and the NBA getting behind him, but his dad, like the whole marketing machine of the NBA, proves that they they can capture the audience's um, imagination, right? So we all know Lonzo Ball. I don't know a single rookie in baseball. I don't know a single farm system kid other than the you know one guy the Mariners drafted and he blew his knee or whatever. But I think his name's Kyle. Lewis or something. Well, the problem so, the problem with ba- that though, ba- baseball just can't baseball just can't get it together with putting something that kids want and know about. And I think Lonzo Ball is the perfect example of how the NBA he's got a he's, can, he's can got make a, cool a star. Name. Well, the name I think, is perfect. I think you're comparing apples and oranges. I mean, it's just it's way too wildly different. Like basketball, the rookies there's only like one or two per team, but in baseball there's like hundreds and hundreds. And, and oh, I don't and, know about that. And there is, and and then well, they also, draft all those guys, but they draft them. You they know, don't I'm, play. I'm talking about put your money and your effort behind creating a face, but also behind I saying don't, I don't here's think the best the M- player that's coming out this year. They can I, just pick the best. I don't, don't think I don't think the NBA is doing any of this. It's not the NBA marketing Lonzo Ball. It is Lonzo Ball's dad marketing Lonzo Ball and ESPN jumping on it, like. His marketing isn't because of the NBA. The NBA hasn't done anything to market Lonzo Ball. His dad and ESPN have done. If you don't think the NBA and ESPN are in bed together, then that's another thought. But yeah, they're all in bed together, dude. They just transfer hundreds of millions of dollars around. I don't know. With television contracts. I think the NBA is probably wishing that Lonzo Ball's dad would go to the moon and never come back. Like, I don't think they want... I know, I can't I stand his father. The, the Lakers don't <clears throat> want anything to do with that dude. Here's here. I've, I've I actually felt the same exact way as you all. Like, the guy rub, rubbed me the wrong way. He's super arrogant in a way. <clears throat> but... He has, you know, at this point, the guy, the kid is now playing. He's in, playing in summer league, and guess what has happened? The dad has taken a huge backseat. This was all buildup. This was all crazy buildup to get him into that draft position that he got, and he won. Wait, he has he, not it, taken a backseat at all. Lonzo Ball <laughs> is not the in the news. One, he was the number one first person. He, dude, are you kidding me? His, in the last his, four, his dad, his dad was interviewed. After his first summer league game, like three minutes after it got over, like yeah, yeah, his well, dad that was is coming not up to taking them. a backseat, and his dad is not going to take a backseat as oh, soon as wow. he plays his first like real game and is good. His dad is going to be like like on the sideline taking the mic well, from the announcer. Of course, like. and rightfully so, <laughs> rightfully so. But he not was rightfully on, so. He, didn't he was do on anything. every talk show beforehand, and now he's being asked his the questions, and he's not going up there. But uh, Lonzo hasn't played in big ballers every game, and in fact, he said. He's played in Nikes. He's played in Adidas. So they're not even like 100% stuck on their own shoe thing anymore. So they're playing it smart, you know, I think. I, um, I think. But that- the, the reality of what I wanted to say about Lonzo Ball is I've now watched five of the like recaps of their summer league games. And the kid is freaking good. The kid passes the ball like a Jason Williams back in the day, like all these other, you know, like a Magic Johnson back in the day. Like, he has court vision that is unparalleled, I think. And he's going to he's gonna do great. 
well, anytime you can dominate four NBA summer league games. Yeah. Uh, you, oh, you really arrived. Yeah. You really arrived. Uh, he's the next, he's the next oh, LeBron. Cause he, and he didn't dominate. He was terrible in his first one. He's he got a triple-double on every single one. one of them. Get my nuts out of your vice, please. God. <laughs> Jesus. No, I'm tightening that vice down. You're out of your mind, dude. You're talking about a, a kid in a freaking summer league. I built league. that thing up. I was building that thing up to a crescendo, and then uh, ring comes no in way. and slices me. At the hey, knee Centaur, caps. what do you call this? Is this like a wizardry fight right here? <laughs> Did he just throw his potion at him? Oh, a wizard battle? <laughs> Two wizards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, this is I'm, like Golden I'll, I'll Axe. I'll throw down an ultimatum, in, okay. even though I don't know what that means, apparently, according oh, I know. to Christy. Christy has no <laughs> idea what ultimatum means. Christy's definition of an ultimatum uh, is not what an ultimatum yeah. is. <laughs> I, you yeah. weren't there. All right, what are you throwing down? You? What are you throwing down? <laughs> yeah, let's throw down an ultimatum. Is, is an all-star first year. Or... See, that, an ultimatum has to have some okay. sort of like... Okay, or... <laughs> or what? I quit the podcast. <laughs> oh <my laughs> there God. we go. There we go. That's an that ultimatum. ultimatum. So I look I forward to... Both, I so, win both ways. So, so Ring, I, lo- I, I look forward at the all-star break of the NBA season to having you join us full-time. Because uh, <laughs> exactly. there's going to be garbage off uh, for sure. Because that... He might. I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion nah, one he, way that it'll be an all-star. But they're going to be a terrible team, and he's not. I mean, I, Lonzo Ball. Is, have you seen the kid play? Have you? Has anybody yeah, seen the I've kid seen play? I've seen him play. He's a good because all player. the all the noise about him is so is so in left. I don't know. It's so wrong because the kid actually can play, and all the noise is about something else. So it feels like another Marshawn thing. Like Marshawn could play, but he made all this media noise about all this other crap. That's fine. I just don't. I I want to see him have noise because of his play and not because of his dad. Yeah. All right. Well, let's switch let's switch it up a little bit. I think you guys have spoke your points on that one. But um, you, you mentioned Marshawn. Um, let's oh, talk yeah. about our. We haven't talked let's talk about, about our favorite Raiders, Marshawn. Yeah. What do you think Marshall, Marshawn Lynch is going to do at the Raiders? This is their last year in Oakland, correct? Like, they're going to Vegas soon? Yep. So, and that's the whole reason why he wanted to play for them, was just because year, he wanted no, to play. No, they're going to be there, I think it's more than one couple season. More years, yeah. yeah, a couple seasons, yeah. 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 <clears throat> so, what, what is the predictions for Lynch? Let's start with Centaur. Oh, I, I, I think he'll do well there. I'm not, you know, they've, they've got a good offensive line. They've, they've got a competent quarterback. Um, they're built to win. I, I think... He was very selective. I mean, it's it's not just about Oakland. I think if they were going to be a four and twelve team, he wouldn't be back. But he looked at mm. them and said they're built to win, and they've got all the pieces that that he needs to be successful. So I I I think he's motivated. I think he's going to come in there. He's going to fill a a role that they need um, as an enforcer and as a goal line. They they've got some rookies in their backfield that that are are built for speed and receiving out of the backfield. But he'll be the between the tackles guy, I think he's going to have a great year. I, I, I have no problem. And, and I hate to say this cause this has fantasy implications for all of us. And I'm, I'm tipping my hand here, but I think he's a thousand yard rusher with uh, eight touchdowns. I already saw that in my orb anyway, dude. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> 
I should have put a spell. Told me that three I should have <laughs> I should have blocked your yeah. spell or your your wizard staff or something on that. Yeah, really really feel the same way. You have to cast a de-orber. <laughs> Chiz, do you feel the same way? No, I actually think this is going to backfire for Marshawn like in a big way. Like he's his head is as in between worlds as it can be and um I don't think he's going to be able to balance that as much as he thinks he can. Uh, I I bet I bet he he'll be on Bear Grylls' <clears throat> show by the halfway point of the season and have quit football again. You know, I don't, what? We think, sh- I don't think he makes it through the season. I think he quits. I, I think Whoa. we should, I think we should get Marshawn to take Chisler's place when he has to leave town forever. <laughs> 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 he'll be free. <laughs> Halfway through the season, will be on the podcast. Yeah, I'll drop all you guys. I'll claim it's my podcast, and I'll just me and him will do it. <laughs> is this is this another ultimatum that you're going to throw down? Right now? Um, <laughs> the penultimate so ultimatum. I, I'm a little bit more in between uh, the two of you. Actually, I I think Lynch will finish the season. I think he'll be a good running back for them. But I think that. Uh, I, It'll, it'll, I'm fascinated to see if the if they can handle him from like a culture standpoint. Like, does he mellow out and not be Marshawn the crazy person with the media and all that stuff? And from some of the early stuff he's done there in Oakland, it looks like he might not be. It looks like he's gonna like take a different tact with it. Um, but on the field, I mean, unless he's hurt or point. something, he's gonna. He's going to be Marshawn, right? I mean, what have we ever seen from him on the field that says he's not going to be good? So I think he'll be good running back. I think that they throw the ball more and are going to throw the ball more than than the Seahawks do. Um, but I think he will be wildly successful there. But I would not predict him as a thousand yard back. I think that, you know, more in the like 700 yards maybe or something. But he'll be a good, consistent back with a few scores for sure. Um, but he's, but he's not going to like quit. I don't think maybe I just think about quitting. I just think about quitting really easily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just really comes natural. If at first you don't succeed, maybe people don't think of it like that. <laughs> that's so he, he's probably got kinda, more, he's probably got more backbone than I do. actually, <laughs> I do kind of see though where you're where you're coming from because he is a very interesting character and he does do things out of the ordinary and um, if, you know if he starts to struggle a little bit maybe he'll just be like he would not you know, they won't he just play him he wouldn't tarnish his legacy like that that'd be outrageous if he comes back and quits come on that's yeah, the dumbest not for predi- Oakland, that's not the dumbest for- prediction that's ever been on this show well it's it's <laughs> it's up there with the other seven that you've made. <laughs> I know this wizard battle today is just insane. Oh, this God. is like, but for every I'm, one I feel of like those I'm terrible watching, ideas, we've got a, a, a Game Seahawk of Thrones donut. is starting tomorrow, we've got, right? <laughs> <laughs> we've got a Moneyball in baseball home run derby <laughs> idea. So you know. uh, so worse, so worse, so worse is what you're saying. A worse idea. Yeah. We've got for every one of those no. ideas, you've got also a worse <laughs> one. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying I'm batting 500 is what I'm saying. Uh, I guess. <laughs> so when you're ready to talk worse ideas, I've got a fake 
NFL rule. Whenever we want to do it, it's, oh, it's going to no, go let's, let's do it right now. Let's do it. Oh, I, let's do it. This we got to like end on something funny. Segue for today. Good one. All right. So let let me just set this up. Uh, we were on a text string and just kicking around like what would be our favorite fake NFL rule, and so. I put this out there, and then I, it just kind of went into the ether, and then I thought about it more, and then I realized there is p- possibly something here. It's so absurd, but it also makes a ton of sense. All yeah. right. So, like it's real okay, so the goal is to what? Make the game better or something like that? Yeah, more entertaining. But this, okay. this would never happen. But at the same time, oh, my God, what if it did? So here's what I want you guys to do. First of all, just, just close your eyes and, and envision – this specific play, because you've all seen it, all right? Um, a defensive tackle busts through the line and sacks the quarterback, just pancakes him, all right? Yeah. Now, the D the the tackle, he could just roll off to the side and do his little dance and shimmy, but he, <laughs> oh, no. but he doesn't, all right? And, the, and, and think about this specific play, because it happens once or twice a game. He does the pancake sack. And he and instead of just rolling off, he kind of does a little bear crawl, like two and a half strides over the yeah, top of yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And he just kind of drags his body just a little bit over him. And then, you know, and the quarterback's trying to get up, and this 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 300 pound guy is kind of laying on him and and slowly getting up and bear crawling over the top of him. And then he gets up and he does his little does his little shimmy. Okay, so that's the play. Now, what if we allowed Teabagging. All right. <laughs> and the, and here's the specific play, and it it can only be on a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> a defensive player, if the natural motion of his is it genitals, called the Tom Brady rule? <laughs> this is the Tom the, Brady rule, right? <laughs> okay, so the defensive player, if the natural motion of his ball sack was naturally going towards the quarterback's helmet. <laughs> And it, and the momentum of his nutsack was taking it to the quarterback's head. He could do a three dipper, one, two, three, and then get up. All right. Oh, God. Now, if it's a if it's an ankle sack, you know, and you just grab the quarterback by the ankles and he goes down, you can't run up and teabag him. It's got to be the natural momentum of your ball sack is taking you to the quarterback's head, and as you're slowly bear crawling to get off him, a, a <coughs> A quick, a quick tea bag is allowed. Now here's, here's, here's the, the, the the quarterback just has to lay there and take it. He can't do anything yes. about it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now here's. Can you enhance the smell at all with like a, a cream or something before well, the game? So you're 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 totally you're you're way ahead of me. So 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 because this this is where I took it. So I started to think about it more and more, and it's like, of course you, you know, did. You obsessed so, on this. <laughs> It had to do with genitals, yes. So, so like, think, about <laughs> think about all the old timers. They're like, "Whoa, what is this? Why would we allow teabagging?" But anybody under forty-five, like we've all been teabagged four thousand times in our life in a video game setting. So any millennials out there, we all understand. Like, oh, that'd be so humiliating, and it'd be so funny to see. And then you'd have the announcers that you know the because because there can be excessive teabagging. 
Or like if, <laughs> if the players if the players' genitals weren't going toward the helmet, you can throw a flag. You know that they yeah, shouldn't yeah, have been yeah. able to teabag. Or if they take that fourth dip, if that four, the oh, fourth oh, dip, went for it. it's yeah. over. It's yeah. over. You went for it. Yeah. And so then they go into slow mo, and it's challengeable, and like you know the the referees have to get under the hood and like review it. Well, here now look at this bird. You know. You can clearly see Frank Clark's nutsack was, was generally moving there. Now we threw a flag, and then think about oh, this. Think about the stands too. You know, like everyone has the defense sign. You could have the tea bag. You know, they got the tea, and then like the the grocery bag or whatever. And it Dude, some of these players would get have they have so much disposable income. No, I'm I, sure they'd be like they'd be like doing plastic surgery to have their Nutsack extended <laughs> so that they could teabag from further away. <laughs> I think that uh, I think that you could also now see to switch it. Like uh, there's got to be an opportunity as an offensive player to to get to do this too. And so for me, like Doug Baldwin catches a, a, a crazy <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> Doug Baldwin catches a crazy touchdown where he like lands on top of the cornerback. You know, like the corner goes up for the ball at the same time they come down and Doug lands on top and he takes <laughs> the ball and then just does a triple dip right on his face right there <laughs> as he's getting back up off of that, you know? So it's allowable also as a touchdown celebration at the same time. I would like to see what the referee for illegal teabagging motion would look like. <laughs> yeah, what's the actual <laughs> hand signal? I mean, would he, like, cup his hand, <laughs> cup his hand illegal and then put a T on top of it? Yeah. Illegal teabagging? <laughs> I don't know. Like, what would that oh, be? What's the, was that, we'll take that's a, 15 take a yards, too, for sure. Put right? that up on the website. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, how many yards made. penalty? So think of this, too, like, because Chisler touched on, like, the Tom Brady, but think of, like, the Jay Cutler. Or the Eli Manning that already kind of has a pouty face, you know, yeah. when they get sacked. What oh if what if gosh. what if their D what what if their you know tackle gives up a tea bag at a crucial play in the game, you know, and he takes off his helmet and he's walking back to the field. I mean the the, the Eli Manning face after getting tea bagged in a big game, I mean, wouldn't that just be priceless? I would take it further. I would take it further and even say that if you you know, Michael Bennett gets through on Eli Manning and gives him a, a, a non, you know, he gives him a legal teabag. All three dips perfectly done. Nothing over. <laughs> Motion was all right. I think it should be worth two points. <laughs> I think it should be worth two points if you do it. Oh, my gosh. Well, think of like like if they started to keep stats on it, like and Frank Clark is leading the league in teabags, you know. <laughs> Oh I like how God. all of your, so, your all of your examples are Frank Clark. He just <laughs> <laughs> apparently he's just the teabag maniac. I, I could I could see him really having an affinity for it. Or Bruce Irvin. I think what? Bruce Irvin would be a teabag. It could even go further. It could even go further because then like Lipton Tea could get involved and oh, they could have yeah. like endorsement opportunities. The tie-ins. The would be teabagging. The I only enjoy Lipton. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to Clark see the. Uh, See Frank Clark on a Lipton tea commercial just banging some kid yeah. in the <laughs> Celestial Seasons. I want the NFL films of like, and then they change the rule. And they allow tea bagging. And then they have the, the montage of all these QBs going down. And this uh, yeah, they pull off the helmet and it's all <laughs> Eli Manning. Not only face. was Frank Clark Clark. <laughs> 
a awesome. lethal beast off the line who's <laughs> teabagging. Well, Chisler, Chisler, you must have some sort of insane. In, what's your? What's the rule you would? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna riff off of this. Uh, <clears throat> I feel like yeah. you're blending the old Halo world and NFL, which is like <clears throat> definitely needs to be blended more. Like exactly. the, the first person video game shooter and the and the how we are entertained with football. So. <clears throat> Yeah, where where do we take that? Should we I think you should be able to cold cock a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so on, on the like, video game side, I don't know side, where oh. and when, but yeah. So I mean, just imagine the next version of Madden, you know, with with Frank Clark on the cover and like the combination of buttons you have to push, you know, it's oh, A God, A yeah, B B B B, you know, and, and that, <laughs> you know, launches the teabagging sequence and it's like a hard thing to unlock. <laughs> you go into like this weird Tekken mode where it's like Frank Clark versus Eli Manning for a round and it's just like he has a special move on the teabag and, and Eli Manning has the pout, like the super pout that he can pull out. <laughs> I mean, I think that they should be able to, like, I know they're going to stop the jumping over the line rule to block a field goal, but I was really into that, and I was thinking it should be even better. They should have dudes go down on, like, two knees or, like, or on all fours, and then you can, like, ramp up them and jump and go flying (laughs) at them. That would be really cool. They should bring out the cheerleading (laughs) squad. Exactly. They'll bring out the cheerleading squad and, like, the throwers, and they'll just, like, throw Exactly, or, like, throw them at it. If you can do a flip and a half. Yeah. I can't believe they're getting rid of that rule because that was actually cool. Not very many guys could actually do it. I mean, maybe they just saw it as like, oh, well, then now everybody's going to do that. And Here's here's well, here's another thought. Okay. You know that uh, movie that they – where the, the premise is there's one day a year where there's no rules? Yeah. And the, it's just like anarchy. It, you, you can know, just murder everybody. Happens. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. just go crazy. I think there should be a down – where anything goes, one down. <laughs> one down. Anything goes. Like it's the supreme commander down. <laughs> it's like smear the well, smear the jerk. I don't want to use it. Back in the day, you just that was put the ball in your hand, and everybody gets to do whatever they want. Uh, one down a series, or one down a game. Yeah, the refs all go get on Barca loungers and just get popcorn. <laughs> and, like, there's, like, a little the- spectacle, a little theatrical spectacle of it. Like, all right, everything goes. And, like, Marshawn Lynch be comes one out game. with, like, it a, should be- an AK. And he's just like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, it should be one a game. And it's like a flag, that. like a, a special flag. Yeah, basically. It's called the UFC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, real quickly too, before we finish, let's let's talk about this Mayweather uh, O'Connor Conor McGregor fight. What do you guys think about that? Do you know anything about it? I think it's just a big spectacle. Personally, like I know they're like talking shit every day, but I think that they're both they're both going to make like 150 million dollars each off this fight or something, and they don't. I got conned watching one Mayweather fight, and I'll never be conned yeah, again. Yeah, I think dude. Mayweather's going to beat him. The I don't dude think... is the most boring guy to watch ever. Yeah, like, he just runs gonna... away, runs away, runs away, runs away. And so, like, I don't know. what's the If he gets one lucky shot, if Connor gets one lucky shot, maybe. But I I have a feeling he'll just run He's away not and gonna, punch He's not punch even going to hit him. Yeah, I, yeah. Think McGregor, I think McGregor won't touch him. I think that I think Mayweather will destroy him. Yeah. Unless Mike Tyson's involved, I'm just not interested in boxing. <laughs> I know. I, I just watched a Tyson the uh, documentary the, the other day. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally the old Mike Tyson. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah, you like his facial tattoos. Yeah, I would still watch a fight with Tyson involved. (laughs) Have you have you read his book, by the way? No. Tyson's book is insane. It's crazy. Oh, I'm sure. If you ever thought that you've done anything crazy in your life, read just three pages of his book. (laughs) Just open it up, go to anywhere, and read it, and you'll realize you are like, you know, you're basically Mother Teresa. No matter what, the worst thing you thought you've done in your life is nothing compared to that guy. It's incredible story, actually. I highly recommend it. Um, And then he did it. He ended up getting like a Broadway musical out of like he basically just. Hmm. Yeah, he he goes on tour and just basically speaks the book, like passages of the book. They turn it into a play, and I've watched that too. It's incredible. Like, like what the poetry that comes out of his mouth is like insane. Like one moment he's saying the most prolific, beautiful thing, and the next moment he's like, "Yeah," and then I shove my my fist up that guy's ass. It's crazy, oh, man. That's the title of the episode, by the way. This episode should yeah, be called. Yeah, that's good. I <laughs> that's a good segue up. to end it. <laughs> what do you guys think, man? I don't know if we'll be able to do another one. I mean, I'm almost done with this tour. I only have like what? What is it? It's the the 16th. I come home on the 27th, July 27th. Oh, nice! You're almost there. I'm almost done, man. We have four shows left. Believe it or not, of this whole tour uh, album cycle, we're we're gonna be done, done. Nice. And then, um, and then you I'll be heading out your way soon, Centaur. for the rest of your life. Well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I, get, I get a good five weeks, six weeks off before I go on another tour, so that's going to be brutal. When the season starts, I'm going to be in Australia the whole time. So, well, a big portion of it. So I don't know how we're going to get into this one. It's, that's like a 14-hour time difference. Well, I'm going to no, have... Seven, like, 17 once hours. the season starts, I'm going to have about 700 hours of things to ramble about. So we're going to have to... Crusty will wake yeah. up in the middle of the night to podcast. Yeah, we're going to have to do podcasts point. like three times a day during, that, during the season. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do podcasts by turn. Yeah. We'll just record a thought and then send that thought to the next person. They add a thought. <laughs> <laughs> it grows. The thing is, I have to usually wake up like around, like usually it seems to be six a.m., seven a.m. to watch a game. So and then yeah, and it's a day ahead. So just actually, it might be able to happen. Watch them on YouTube. Watch the highlights like I do. Now I go live. You know how we (laughs) do. Come on, (laughs) on YouTube. (laughs) You go live. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I go live. Um, If it's not streaming live, I'm not having it. But we definitely need we definitely need some um, something other than the worthlessness that is the Mariners season right now, and we'll have uh, yeah. more fire to talk about. But thanks for yeah, making we it happen, Solo. And uh, we should, yeah. or, you know, it was a long uh, long break there for us a little bit, but it's good to talk to you guys again. Well, so hold on, hold on. So there is fantasy coming up here. That that's oh, something that is true. Could, that is true. And it, and unfortunately, I already divulged a little bit of my draft board. So, just just to recap, I'm I'm going to take Marshawn Lynch ahead of John Carlson and Tanner McAvoy. <laughs> I'm not. I'm All right, not Dan. Tanner McAvoy first round. I've got Joe Jaravicious. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and Chisler, Chisler's going to allow allow some new drafting rules where I can like trade up to. I'm going to give up four picks and trade up to get Tanner McAvoy. Um, so nobody, nobody take him and wait for that offer. <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds good, guys. Uh, I'll uh, see you guys soon then. All right. That All was right. Fun. Good job.
Peace.